You're listening to the Catholic Psyche Podcast. The Catholic Psyche Podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not intended to take the place of medical or mental health treatment, therapy, or diagnosis. You should always consult a trained mental health or medical professional for such treatment. Welcome to the Catholic Psyche Podcast. This is Sarah and... She's back in town! Hello, everybody! We are so, so excited to have you back. We miss you. good to be back. I missed you guys. I miss the mountains. Been practicing my mindfulness this morning. (laughs) Mountains are very helpful for mindfulness. Yeah. It it also helped I just finished listening to a talk on mindfulness and walking. Oh. So I got to practice that up in the mountains today. Very nice. Yes. So... Cool. I guess that could be for another talk. But today we are talking about kind of a Lenten subject for everybody, but the idea of emptying oneself and and what that means and what that looks like in our modern day era. And what it doesn't mean and what it does not look like. Absolutely, because I think even preparing for the subject, we, we kind of both had like a lot of questions yeah. And, and, and some kind of contemplation around what does it exactly mean? Because I, I think we, we say it a lot around Lent. We mm-hmm. need to empty ourselves or we need to detach from things. We need to fast from things to prepare for Easter, to prepare for the resurrection. And it's really confusing if you don't define those terms. Yeah, I, I think they're, they're terms we hear as Catholics all the time. And most Sundays, you know, at, uh-huh. at Mass or Liturgy. And I don't, I don't think we necessarily know practically what that means and what that calls us to do on a daily and even moment-to-moment, present-moment basis. Exactly. Like, how do I know I'm emptying myself? Or mm-hmm. how do I know if I'm just doing things over and over and over and just feeling drained all the time? Yeah, and that's a, that's a really good question of draining or emptying. Right. Or like when we think of fasting, we think of abstaining from things. Withholding something. Withholding something. We also think of a lot of times this is um, people make a point to do more volunteer work, to be more active in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're filling things up in your life right? As, as kind of like a giving, right? Like, so we're emptying ourselves by giving of ourselves. Um, Which is something that we hear we're called to do. Absolutely. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that or bad with that. We just want to distinguish what that means in relation to the idea of emptying ourselves to receive something. Exactly. So why don't we start with the difference between emptying and draining? Because those sound like synonyms. It sounds like they should be the same thing, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. But we want to talk about the fundamental differences between a draining activity or lifestyle and... Versus an emptying one. Exactly. So before we get into the differences, I just want to ask you this question, though. When I say those words draining and emptying do you have any 
what's your reaction to those words and are they different? Oh, totally. Like physically, when yeah. you say draining, uh-huh. I feel a weight on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. I feel my back grow heavier. I just feel like something is being pulled out of me from the bottom. Yeah. And when you say emptying, I feel my hands go up and my palms face up. Yeah. I feel my heart open up and relax. Mm-hmm. Like something is flowing out. It's the difference between, hmm, maybe watching your bathtub drain versus a waterfall that flows freely into the river. Oh, I like that imagery a yeah. lot. Yeah, and I, I didn't have so much imagery come up for me, but whenever I hear the word draining, my initial reaction is that's like, ugh. Like, yes. like ugh, that sounds So awful. exhausting. <laughs> yeah. It's so draining. Get me away from that. Um, where I think emptying comes, I think of freedom. Mm-hmm. I think of peace. I think of lightness, like feeling light, mm-hmm. um, which is very different to, than to just, uh. <laughs> They're like, very two different connotations. Yeah. And, yeah, the image of the waterfall, like, the, the river is emptying the water into, into the air so that it can go where it's called to be, whether it's to become steam, to become bubbles, to fall into rapids, to feed the river into new way, mm-hmm. to bring new life into it some way. Yeah, when I think of an active waterfall, the word that comes to mind for me is just energy. Yeah. Like, there's a, like, it's, waterfalls are very energetic. Like, if you're near one, you're just like, <gasps> like, you're kind the of in power. Awe. It's a lot of power. Yeah. It's, it's movement. It's a lot of movement, whereas, like, even just water down a drain, it's, it, just, it's like sucking the life out of you. It's like yeah. getting rid of, and nothing left. It's not a live movement. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. And then, so kind of that idea, so it's definitely not draining. Right. And I'm trying to think of, of, of behaviors or things we might even do during this time, during Lent, that would be considered draining, but some people might think of them as helpful to emptying ourselves or giving of ourselves or penance or... Uh, or, or, or part of part of that Lenten fast that mm-hmm. su- is supposed to help, but is really on that draining side. For me, the first thing that comes up is something about fasting, particularly with food. Mm. Um, so the Byzantine Lenten fast is way, way more intense, like if you did the full thing, yeah. than the Roman fast. Mm-hmm. And... I tried to do it one year, and I was a horrible person <laughs> because I was just not getting the nutrients or the protein or yeah. the the energy that I needed. Yeah, um, you didn't quite know what to supplement that with. Right. It was just I'm getting rid of this, but it was a lot of just getting, getting rid of. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's like no matter how many vegetables I eat, it's not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> and I like my veggies. It's an excuse to eat yogurt all the time. I still need protein and yeah. some other things. Yeah, I need something and that fast. used to be alive yeah. at one point. <laughs> Probably 
probably. And so, so for fasting, especially, um, it can be confusing to hear that we are supposed to fast from things that we are too attached to. Mm-hmm. But if we don't understand really the purpose of why we're attached to something, like how it's serving us, right. then we don't know fully how to fast or detach from them because we'll just have this hole where the thing used to be and we'll just be craving satisfaction. I, I think I love that. Um, that idea that when we when we try to detach, when we try to fast from something without mm-hmm. recognizing the purpose or what what is the attachment there in the first place and how that serves us mm-hmm. because we we eat that food for a reason we do some of those habits that we might fast from for a reason and unless we understand that reason then we're either left to our own devices on what we end up replacing it with mm-hmm. or we kind of crash and burn. And we just oh, yeah. fall back even harder to whatever that food is, whatever that habit is, that vice. Yeah. And then we, or we or end that up twisted going, virtue. Yeah, or then we end up going into another negative pattern of behavior. So we either go into a negative, um, maybe food that's not helpful or... Chips are not dinner. Yeah. Chips and hummus are not dinner, Sarah. Are you making fun of me? No, I'm making fun of me. Because <laughs> you have no idea. So for dinner, I went to the grocery store, and I'm not joking. You had chips and hummus for dinner? Um, I, and I couldn't find a meatless and dairy-free um, meal. And so I bought <laughs> chips and hummus, and I have it. It's seriously in the grocery bag. Like, right here. I'm going to show Sarah. Oh! They're all going to hear this grocery bag. And I'm, I'm going to take a picture because to show you all that there's all chips and hummus. Bless you. That I bought for dinner. I thought I was but, the um, only one who did this. Yeah. <laughs> and so what we do, this is just an example of what we do during lunch. Goodness. Yeah. Um, but that, is that, that going to actually satisfy you? No, it's not. <laughs> Especially because you went hiking this morning. Yeah. You have done things. You have exerted energy. Yeah. And now right? your but body it, is craving something. It's craving need. <laughs> um, it's craving protein. Um, but I think Sarah's making a really good point is, yes, I fast from meat. I fast from dairy. But at the end of the day, if I don't fuel my body with what it needs, I might be a very hangry person. Um, by the end of the night or tomorrow, mm-hmm. which is not going to serve anybody, um, especially since I'm working tomorrow. Um, so and <laughs> need to be alert and and aware and and present and not, you know, my not, body not hating me for not feeling it. Because if your body hates you, then your brain hates you and you hate everything because that's what's going on internally. Yeah. So I think that would be an example of when fasting is then draining versus an emptying. Right. So if 
instead of staying in bed till 9.30 when I was supposed to be at work at 10, and I actually got up at 8 o'clock mm-hmm. and ate an actually healthy breakfast of, you know, like two scrambled eggs mixed with some fried sweet potato, which is super delicious. It's one of my favorite breakfasts. And I actually sat down and I drank my water and hydrated my body. I wouldn't have felt like I was about to pass out for three hours this afternoon. Because <laughs> that happened today. <laughs> um... And then I wouldn't feel like I had to make compromises with my body. Um, So I went to Trader Joe's and I got a tuna wrap. And that has dairy in it. And I just had to say, I have to give this up now. I failed on this thing, so I have to give up this thing now. But if I don't eat something, I will pass out at the wheel. Yeah. So to me, that's starting to sound like punishment. When you punish your body for failing, or you yeah, punish yourself for, for failing, failing in something. Yeah. Which and, is And then makes you feel worse, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm such a horrible person. I should have been better. I should have. It's a shooting again. Yeah. You can probably listen to some previous podcasts <laughs> for, for, for that. Um, but th- see, that's an exa- another example of how that comes up. And yeah, so... That idea that, yes, there, there, there is an idea of penance. There is an idea of giving up something that we crave meat. We like meat, you know. Who, I, not everybody likes a nice steak, but, you know. If you don't like a nice steak, you can hand it to me. <laughs> you know, we, Especially we, if it's wrapped in bacon. Yeah, we're used to these. They're luxuries. and We live in a very luxurious yeah. society. Yeah, and so it, it it is good to fast from them, but we still have to recognize that our body has needs to survive, to operate, to continue to give. And so we don't want to give or fast in a way that's going to lead us to, you know, more of a downfall, to guilt, to behaving in a way or feeling a way that is negative or not helpful. And then, right, we compound feelings upon feelings that and negative thought patterns follow negative thought patterns yes. follow negative thought patterns and and then we by the time we get to easter we're like oh my gosh thank goodness i can finally have meat and finally be a happy person like <laughs> i can finally stop beating myself up yeah i can finally stop beating myself up i can finally you, you know feel energized or get back to a healthy diet or, but i still feel guilty because i should have been doing this for 40 days and i didn't but and, now and, I can stop not, worrying about that. Right. And that's not the point. It's not the point. It's not the point. So let's let's talk about the point. Which is... Which is... Emptying. Emptying, but... In we, a healthy manner. But what what is the point of emptying in a healthy manner? The goal of emptying oneself of negative attachments and beliefs and patterns of behavior is to be filled with the grace of the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the life of God so that we can become who we are called to be, ultimately. Yes. It is a process called theosis in the Eastern Church. Kenosis, (laughs) 
is emptying and theosis is being filled with God. That's your Greek vocabulary for the day. <laughs> yes, and and I think I remember in, in the Roman church, a lot of high schoolers do kenosis retreats, um, if you've ever heard of that. So let's see. Maybe our high schoolers will know about that. I think the retreat I did in high school was called Tech Teens Encounter Christ. Hmm. And there's a whole day called Die Day. <laughs> it's supposed to follow um, the. Well, what are my words? Paschal season, the Paschal mystery. Ah, okay. Yes, those are the things yes. that we do as Catholics. So Die Day is supposed to mimic Good Friday. When you die to the old self, when you go through what baptism means in terms of dying to the old man and rising to the new person mm-hmm. in Christ, in terms of dying to what and who you have been and learning and rising into the process of who you are called to be. No. Oh, well, I like that language. Thanks. You made it up right now. <laughs> Good job. And so, so this idea of emptying ourselves to receive grace, to receive everything that Christ is wanting to give us through the resurrection and in ascension mm-hmm. and filled with his life and his love. But not only does that require us fasting, right? Like, even even Christ in the Gospels, you know, when we, when the apostles really needed to get something done, Christ was like, it takes fasting and prayer, like that. Mm-hmm. That it, it requires that. It requires an emptying and a, a dying to ourselves, specifically a dying to our egos, yeah, and the belief that we can do it on our own. Absolutely. And, but I think that takes a lot of introspection, that takes a lot of prayer, that takes a lot of recognizing in the moment. And so that idea of emptying ourselves, of, and I like to use the word surrender, mm-hmm. of I'm even recognizing, okay, in this moment, I really want to order that bacon cheeseburger. That bacon cheeseburger, that Chipotle bur- burrito, chicken burrito, steak burrito, whatever that might be. Can you guess what we're craving right now? Yeah, I really want Chipotle. It's right around the corner. Um, <laughs> that was, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> it's a recognizing that, that craving, that desire for something. Yeah. And saying, I want this, but I am choosing... Not to do this. I'm choosing to even maybe offer it up for what Christ wants to give me instead. But even in regards to fasting, you know, that doesn't mean we go towards the worst thing for our bodies, like chips. Okay, those look like very healthy chips, though. They they are very healthy (laughs) chips. They're like kale protein chips. So just throwing that out there. (laughs) But that doesn't mean we have chips for dinner. It, it it does mean we look towards something that is still good, that is still helpful for us, that we're not going to go to the emergency room because we're starving ourselves during Lent. If you're starving yourself during Lent, please talk to us. 
and or a good friend who has the permission to slap you upside the head for not acting in a healthy manner. Don't do that. But <laughs> I was going to say, that was very mean, Sarah. In a gentle way, in a loving manner. It's like, like hey, like, honey. Yeah. No. Okay, please. Just, just a yeah, nice no. pat on the knee, yeah. maybe. Not a smack upside the head. Okay. Um, but we do not re- recommend um, violence here. <laughs> no, no, we don't. Though <laughs> um, so I did just listen to a book where the therapist kicked the other cl- the client to make a point. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it was great. Read a really funny story about a therapist shooting a client with a Nerf gun <laughs> to make points about negative thought patterns. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm gonna have to get some Nerf guns, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be, I'm in Texas anyways. That sounds fitting. Yeah, that does. Why do you not have one already? I know. Um, but, so the idea is that we're not torturing ourselves, but we are saying, hey, I'm craving this, and I'm going to say no. And, and the purpose of that is to, rec- one, it teaches us how to recognize cravings. It teaches us how to recognize our own desires and desires yeah and and maybe even thoughtless habits because i i think a lot of times what we choose to eat is very thoughtless and it's more habit-based right like think about chipotle i sometimes depending on where you live you know there might be a place where you just don't even think about you go to the same place all the time for dinner and you don't because it's easy because it's easy because that's the pattern that you've fallen into that's your routine yeah and 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 so really it's not about not having meat it's not about not having dairy it it's more about training you teaching you to stop and recognize this is a craving that I have why do I have that why do I have a a desire for that and an attachment to that what purpose does that serve let me slow myself down to choose something different you know, what other options are out there? And I think this this spans across the board in regards to thoughts, mm-hmm. emotions, other daily habits, and helps to slow us down to make that more conscious choice to choose something different throughout our week. And that's what Lent does, and that's what fasting does. I think that was the best talk on fasting I've heard. Those last 30 seconds than most of the parish retreats that I've heard. So that was beautiful. Because yes, that is the point of Lent, to slow us down enough to pay attention to where we're drawn to and what is calling us and what we're longing for, actually deeply, authentically longing for, and not just the little desires and the little cravings, but the true deep desires of our heart. I crave the bacon hamburger because it satisfies me, but what is ultimately going to satisfy me? Right. And then to to recognize that of like, okay, I crave this not just because it tastes good, but do I crave this because after I eat it, I feel really good. My body feels good. Or I, I, I've even known people who, who have a craving for sweets 
And they actually go to find out that they have a hormone imbalance that makes them crave sweets. And if they never slow down or challenge that, they never realize, like, it's an actual problem that they have. It's actually something's there. It's not that they just love sweets. But their body is trying to tell them something and communicate something. Exactly. And so so we, we do that on, you know, as a community. Mm-hmm. We're all in this place of you know, recognizing and giving up something. But ultimately, it's a very personal journey for each of us during this time. And, and I always love the question of what, what's in the way of my relationship with God? That's a very hard question to answer sometimes. It is. It really is. Because if we admit that something is in the way, then that means that we're called to move it out of the way, to give it up, Mm -hmm. to maybe even obliterate it. Absolutely. And, but I think that's what Lent is all about. Absolutely. And I think that's what fasting primes us to do. But I I typically, so I'm the person that I'm not like, all the focus should be on giving up food. I actually don't like that concept somewhat. It's just a very easy example. It's a very easy example and, and a lot of people follow it because a lot of people have different attachments to food. We love certain foods. It's like, okay, I'll give up my favorite food, right? I'll give up candy. I'll give up chips, I'll give up pop, I'll give up something I know that's bad for me. But that's just bad. Well, it mostly is bad for you physically. And if it's bad for you physically, it's bad for you emotionally. Yeah. And and so on. And then, therefore, bad for you spiritually, too. Because Mm -hmm. if you're not in a good emotional place, it's hard to be very active spiritually. But... So what what do you prefer to give up or fast from? It, it's more, I like to add. So I mm. like the idea of adding mm-hmm. versus fasting. And that might be different and, and somewhat radical idea, maybe. So I, I like the idea of that question of what's, what gets in the way of my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And whether that's alcohol, right? Because for some people... What really brings shame, what really brings distance in that relationship with God is things that they do when they're drunk or when they're drinking. Or just the act of drinking itself and the numbing yeah, that comes and with the, it. and the numbing. So that, that, that would be a really big, like, kind of easy example mm-hmm. to give um, that I see for a lot of people. That's not food, but it's drink. Um Another one is, right, like a big one today, cell phones. And, yeah. and, and And I really think that picking up your cell phone and scrolling it, whether it's social media, whether it's your email, like we do it in moments of boredom, whether that's at a red light or in bed or in the checkout line and I feel like that robs us 
from moments that we could be spending with God. And it's really our own loneliness, our own boredom that we, we reach for that. And that could probably be a whole nother topic on cell phones. Oh yeah. Uh, but I think like giving up some of those things and, but filling it. So I like the idea of adding, right? Like, so I'm not just going to give up my cell phone. No, I'm going to add when I, I'm going to notice when I want to grab my cell phone. And instead, Mm -hmm. I'm going to choose it, choose not to grab it, or I'm going to have grabbed it and then recognize that I've grabbed it and then put it down. And and then instead, recognize, where is God right now? What is he saying to me right now in this moment? Right, and my attachment to the phone, my attachment for that need. My desire to not be bored. My desire to connect with something. And gosh, if, if, if we really practice mindfulness, if we really practiced what's around us and noticing what's around us, we would never be bored because everything around us is so fascinating. We live in an amazing world. And, and, and yet. Yeah. And so, like, that's... So I feel like that would be adding something. So I'm going to replace it with something. I'm going to replace it with a prayer. I'm going to... Instead of scrolling on my phone in the morning, I'm going to replace it with a devotional or a rosary or a Jesus prayer or, or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what that is, is right, then it's not just draining. I'm not just doing a mundane thing because I don't know, like, I know so many people during Lent that do add things, but they just add things just to add things because they think that that's what they should do like they add rosaries they add novenas they add on top of on times to get a mass on like right on top of the rest of their life on top of the rest of their life just because of the idea of well i just need to do more because it's lent i'm supposed to be a better person yeah i'm supposed to do all of these things as i'm supposed to be holy now and and that's draining that just drains energy and and so because it's not fruitful yeah it, it it's it's more of um habitual it's, yeah you know it's it's those things that even a lot of protestants don't like about catholics it's just feels ritualistic it just feels like well you're just doing that to show that you're it's you're all a for good show. catholic you're a good catholic yeah. right you're just following a list of rules and regulations yeah and then and then the person leaves and doesn't feel fulfilled. And that's not to say that's the case with everybody. But I would say that's a good majority of those people that just tack on. And and you burn out from that. Mm-hmm. Spiritual because burnout you, is yeah, a real thing. And you can't keep that up yeah. because it, it's... It's not emotionally or physically sustainable. Absolutely. And... But we want stuff that is sustainable after Lent, right? We want, we want to use that time, use that moment that we aren't distracted by our phones, we're not on Facebook, to be like, oh, yeah, what am I actually craving there? Well, I'm grabbing Facebook because I don't want to feel lonely. Well, what if I went to God with that loneliness? Mm-hmm. And what if I was able to receive a thought or a word from God about 
a friend who I could actually get in touch with. Absolutely. Like, so instead of just scrolling on Facebook, I could just pause and say, God, which one of my friends needs prayer right now? Absolutely. Or how can I add community in my life during Lent? Because that essentially is what another purpose of Lent is to feel very much in community because we're all doing something together. We're all going through the mud together because Lent is hard. Yeah. And, and so how can I reach out? How can I be a part of that? How can I not feel lonely? So that would be just another example of how to add, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but or, in a positive way, not in a yeah. burdening way. Or I feel very distracted all the time. I feel very, right, like things I hear from people. Like I'm constantly thinking my mind's racing, my mind's going. Well, but then maybe what you need during Lent is is more prayer, more mindfulness, and just an awareness of that, of recognizing all of that, mm-hmm. and not necessarily stopping being distracted or because that's you're so not, you're not yeah. going to do that. You're, it's you haven't built that. that muscle yet. Yeah, but maybe Lent's calling you to start practicing that, starting to be more intentional, mm-hmm. and and then maybe in the next spiritual season, you'll be ready for building in a little bit more silence so you can slow down and not be distracted all the time and not have so much noise in your head mm-hmm. and maybe the next Lent you'll do something else to build on that yeah. and to build more peace absolutely and then at the end of Lent right like hopefully you don't go well that silence was awful like give my life noise again <laughs> like, like blaring the radio let's get the radio back um Hopefully there there's part of you that enjoyed that, enjoyed that time with God that wants to build on that mm-hmm. during the year and and continue that. I kind of want to go back to that idea of emptiness again because what, what comes to mind is the phrase, let it go. Because so many times when, I, and I hate saying it to clients, I, I, I purposely try not to say, you need to just let that go. I usually only kind of nod when clients bring it up, be like, I know I need to let that go. And I'm like, uh-huh. But the, the, the follow-up question that I always get is, how do I let that go? I know I need to let it go. But how? But how, yeah, what exactly. Is- how? How do I let that go? And so mm-hmm. that kind of comes to me when I think of emptying myself because a lot of times we need to let that go in order to let God in, in order to let grace in, in order to let healing in. And and part of that is slowing down enough to recognize those things. And that might be attachment to food, right? Like that might be attachment to certain bad relationships in our lives or alcohol or Facebook or our phone or... Whatever the kids are using these days. What, whatever, whatever it is. Um, but that idea of... Yeah, how do I let that go? How do I even let that anger go? How do I let that resentment go? How do I let that despair? How do I let that part of my identity yeah. go, go so I can become someone new 
how do I let that dream go that I know that's not going to happen or that plan to be filled with God's new plan? Or in a a future podcast, how do I let that go to let uncertainty rest and be? Because with God, everything's uncertain. Let's face it. Life is crazy and it could change in an instant. And how am I, how do I be okay with that? How do I be okay with the uncertainty? Yeah. And I think the, the, it's not, right? It's not a draining. It's not a getting rid of that. I think it's more about just recognizing that it's there in every moment that it comes up. Like, ooh, that's hard for me to, to let go of. Why? Maybe that's how I coped. Maybe that's covering up other pain. Maybe that's the only way I feel like I can survive. Well, then you need to work through that before you can let it go. Then I think you need to get to a point where you recognize that attachment and that purpose to that attachment. Exactly. Because until you understand why you're attached to something, until you understand how this behavior or this thought or this action has served you and how it has kept you alive this far, you won't understand how to move forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think at some point of time, then we need to go to a place of imagining what we'd then be filled up with. Because mm-hmm. if we can't imagine what replaces that, we're never letting that go. Yeah, if you if this is your only option, then of course you're going to cling to it. So learning that there yeah. are more options is a process. Yeah, learning which option works for you. And what that looks like because if if that's what does God want to fill me with? If if God is really distant, if if or depending on even your views or beliefs about God, and sometimes that's formed by our, our earthly parents mm-hmm. or some of our earthly experiences. Like maybe then that part is, right, going to Mass or going to church or going being part of community that helps create some new beliefs or a new mindset of what might God want to give us. So if it's hard to imagine that what, what God wants to replace that with, then mm-hmm. we need to look at, okay, what experiences do I need to help me maybe form what that might look like a right. little bit better? Maybe what books do I need to read? What podcasts do I need to listen to? What kind of experiences in? do I need to <laughs> have? have? What kind of community do I need to have? Because if you've never had that experience, I can't expect you to know or even want to give up what you have. It would be unjust to expect someone who has had only negative experiences in church mm-hmm. to love love the or, love an organized religion the same way that a cradle Catholic who has had only good experiences yeah. have. Like that would be unfair, unjust, and illogical. Absolutely, and you know, coming back to those maybe beliefs or feelings or emotions or behaviors that. We can recognize me like, God, I want to let this go. I want to give this to you. I want to surrender. I want to empty. But I don't believe that I'll get something good in return. Yeah, if that's there, that's, gosh, but you can't, 
Like then, then you're just like naked in a field, or right? Worse, like, naked and around, surrounded by people. Yeah, like in a you're crowd. Just so vulnerable. Um, it, it and just, not in a good way. Yeah, like stripped, and and that's just we don't want to get you there. Not just stripped, but flayed. Yeah, raw. Just and that's tender not and that that's a such a painful place to be. And I don't think we're called to that, but I think we're no. called to recognize maybe just the beginning of, ooh, maybe I do need something there. Mm-hmm. Maybe that that part that needs to let that go, I need to at least recognize where that attachment's coming from. Because there is a wound there already. Yeah. And that's what food does. Food kind of lets us know of like, Ooh, like, how do I even react to giving that up, right? Like, is there an attachment there? How can I recognize that? How can I learn that? Mm-hmm. And then how can I apply that to other aspects of my life? And, and that's a, a reason we do that as a community. You know, kind of stretching and working that muscle to a certain yeah. degree. But we don't, yeah, we don't want to leave you out in the middle of nowhere. Just... Alone and naked in the wilderness with no guide. Because that's not human. No. And that's that's not the plan either. At no. least I don't believe that's the plan. If that's the plan, that's a terrifying yeah, plan. I, I, I believe that, you know, given, given the resurrection, I don't believe that's the plan. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> so... But that empty, like, going back to that idea of emptying. Not to uh, drain, but to empty. And and be filled. Yeah. Of that just complete surrender of, God, I don't need this anymore. Well, we have to understand why we don't need that. And what we do need in return. Yeah, can you give me this? I need this. I need this. This is what I need. This is what I need from the resurrection. This is what I need from you. This is the the ultimate fulfillment of that. I need belonging. I need to feel my worth. I need that joy. Yes. And that is ultimately, I think, what we are called to do through the journey of Lent over and over in big and, importantly, little ways. I think the little ways are more important than the big ways because the little steps lead to the big. Mm -hmm. It's the little steps that take us up the mountains. Absolutely. Just trekking along. Be mindful of each step. <laughs> what that feels like. Right. Where the roots are. Yeah. Where the Ooh. ground is a little Where loose. we get off track. I got a little lost this morning. <laughs> Maybe that has some spiritual connotations to it. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I got off track. I got surrounded by six deer today. Wow, that's terrifying and it's really ter- beautiful. Yeah, at the same time, yeah. I'm like taking a video of like, this is cool. You're pretty. You're cute. Please don't kill me. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> You're beautiful. Please don't kill me. <laughs> they didn't. 
is, is clearly I'm here. But right after that is where I got lost and lost the trail. Um, so I got a little distracted, but I think they were on the trail. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was a, a nice little physical demanding detour. Yeah. That so. probably does have some spiritual meditation to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I learned some lessons this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but, you know, even, yeah. even being mindful of, of even events on a walk, right? Like it was bombarded by a phone call, it was bombarded by text messages, realizing my attachment to that of being very present moment awareness of like, oh, what's, what's stealing my attention from God? What's stealing my attention from his presence and energy and what's around me? How is that affecting me? There, there was so much going on. And so mm-hmm. there, I think that we're all called to recognize our attachment to that. Be like, well, maybe I should just turn my phone off the next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there you go. And there you go. Yeah. And... So I think that maybe some of our listeners might have more questions about emptiness, about about what that means and how that, that looks. And yeah. that, uh, Feel oh, free to send us an email. Yeah. Um, reach out. Have your questions. Yeah. But it's, I'm glad to be back together with yes. you, Sarah. So good to have I conversations. Always, I always enjoy doing things with you. Me too. Thank you. Hopefully it won't be so long next time. Yes. Right. Well, take care, everybody. Have a happy Lent. Have a good Lent. And we will talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye.